going on? This is City Wrestling Radio, and this is yet another wonderful edition of our retro WWE review. Uh, retro show. Retro show. Retro show. Retro show. Retro show. Uh, I'm your host. I'm Corey Smith. Uh, hanging out with me to one of those directions is my co-host, Jose to the moon Osageta. How's everybody doing out there? And how are you doing, Mr. Smith? Doing good. Doing good. Uh, we just watched WWE. I guess it's WWE, right? It wasn't F. It was still it just switched to the E. They got it was, the Well, F you know out. what? We're so used to saying F from our... our uh, our right. usual heat review. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're now in the F era, in the E era, sorry. Uh, WWE No Way Out 2004, hailing from the infamous Cal Palace. I got, got my shirt repping the Cal Palace. Oh, right nice. All right. Got my Cal cool. Palace shirt on. Uh, not This isn't from No Way Out. It's from another wrestling show there. But uh, yeah, this, this pay-per-view actually holds a very significant place in my heart because it is his very last show. That I attended with, uh, attended with my father. Uh, this, uh, you know, he passed in 07. This is 04. Uh, mm-hmm. And this is, uh, this is a pretty, uh, pretty big deal of a show. Yeah, big deal for you and a big deal for all of us out here in uh, TV land and uh, a lot of us longtime Mexican American wrestling fans yeah. that have been following the career of the late, great Eddie Guerrero. Eddie Guerrero. Uh, yeah, no, it's so we're going to go through the entire show. Uh, first off, you know, if you like anything we do, check us out on social media. All the links are down below. Click like, subscribe. Love it all. At least I hope you do. If you do, let us know. Uh, let's get into it. Let's get right into the pay-per-view. I don't want to waste too much time today. <laughs> and, and neither do the lovely ladies of Playboy magazine. <laughs> okay, so the pay-per-view kicks off with Tori and Sable coming out to the ring and I, I mean, I guess they're just hyping up their Playboy issue where they, you know, it's it's two women in Playboy together. Urgh, it's just, it, it incites me. Mm-hmm. It just it enthralls me. And, and you know how I love the blondes. So they come out to the ring and Sable, <laughs> Sable goes, there's nothing Tori and I won't do to entertain the fans. See you later, bye. <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. they just come out. And they were like, "We're hot. Welcome to No Way Out. Uh, welcome San Francisco." But it isn't actually San Francisco, uh, as, as you and I will know. Most locals will know that the Cow Palace is actually in Daly City, California. It's across the street from San Francisco, it, literally across the street. It, it really is, and uh, like the border is the Middle Island. <laughs> um, so a lot of people don't know that. Um, I, I forgot to run down the stats of the show. Uh, 11,000 people in attendance with a 350,000 uh, buy rate for the show. Mm. Uh, pretty decent. Uh, mm-hmm. Sold out Cal Palace. Ladies and gentlemen, we're at capacity. And uh, even at one point, uh, they're like, we're selling standing room tickets. I'm like, where the fuck is there standing room sections at the Cal Palace? I, I'll tell you where. Where? It's between um, front row. And the next level, it's all those guys that kept walking back and forth. Oh God! Throughout the night, did that you is, notice that? That the security were just like, just fucking, come on, let's go. Yeah, no. At one point, security stops you. What's They're like, whoa, 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 you can't cross right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. But we, I have to go to the bathroom, man. I have to go to the bathroom. So we make our way on, and we make our way on. You know, hard cam, and we're on TV. Hey. Yeah, uh, you know, and it's funny. It, it, I don't see, I don't see this a lot of other places, but I've noticed this for every. 
maybe it's just I just noticed it because I live in San Francisco. But every San Francisco Bay Area show, you can pick out like there is like sixty percent of the crowd is wearing jerseys, either Giants or Warriors at this <laughs> time. Like, yeah, the Giants, Warriors, sometimes Niners. You know what I mean? Raiders. I mean, I'm just saying the whole Bay Area. Yeah, you yeah. just get tons of jerseys. Yeah, no, there was a Celtics jersey that kept floating around on this show. Well, he had a kid. I saw the kid. He was like, "Come on, let's okay. go." Oh, bathroom again, or iPhone? Yeah, let's go. You know what's weird about Cap Palace too? What? Hard camp side, right in the middle. I was just about to say that. There's yeah. this gap where you see like yeah. between this guy's legs, and yeah. he's just sitting there at, at the second level. Yeah. Nothing in the front row. The second level, he's just sitting there looking it's, at you. It's the weirdest thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I said, in Cal Palace, uh, and the entire night, WWE, the announcers, I'll give it, uh, Michael Cole, he sucks the entire night. Don't get me wrong. It's horrible. Horrible. Taz is pretty good. He's pretty good on Oh, computer. he lights it up at the beginning when he was like, uh, it's off the hook. He was like, dude, we don't buy it. Well, we don't know, but his son's, we didn't know at the time, but his son's name is Hook. So oh. there you go. He was giving a shout out to his son, Hook. Um, <laughs> Uh, but no, the entire night they really are hyping up the um, the history of the Cal Palace, uh, yeah. mentioning people like Pepper Gomez, Pat Patterson, Roy Shire. Uh, you throughout the entire night, you know what I mean? And, which I thought fucking, it was awesome because mm-hmm. I always thought San Francisco kind of had not a bad rep, but like I never felt the love from WWE when I was a kid. Like you would see them in New York like twenty times mm-hmm. a year, mm-hmm. East Coast, you know, they'd be in Pittsburgh, like. Six or seven, and like, we were lucky if we got one, you know. Yeah, and NWA, WCCW, WCW, the, you know, as the entity, they would always come down to the Bill Graham. Yeah, they were either at the Bill Graham or the Omni. That you know what? That was uh, my first wrestling show with my dad. Oh, nice! Uh, Civic Center, uh, WCW it was like a house show. I touched mm-hmm. Sting. That's all I remember. I think I was three. <laughs> wow. <laughs> anyway, remember? Huh? I remember my dad like pushing me through the crowd, like it's. Stinks coming, go touch him. I'm like, <laughs> blunt oh, man, it's so sticky. Sure, die. My hand is yellow. Uh, yeah. Uh, but uh, speaking of blondes, like I said, Tori and Sable, uh, welcome us all to No Way Out. Like I said, they'll do anything to entertain us, so they leave. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So, uh, on the subject, off the subject, WCW, WWF at the time, who was your pick? Tori or Sable? Tori. 100%. 100% Tori. 100%. I, 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 I was never a Sable fan. I, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I was going to say, I don't know. I think a lot of people were, but I mean, I guess people were. And Brock is married to her, so mm-hmm. some people like her. I mean, she's, she's yeah, a nice man. gal, maybe. I don't know. Billy Kidman, uh, ex-husband to Tori. What? That's true, yeah. yeah Billy yeah. Kidman was got game. Uh, or just a huge long. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but we kick it off with the first match of the night. Uh, the Basham brothers. I forgot they were a thing, dude. Doug and Danny Basham. And <laughs> their, their dominatrix-esque uh, manager, Shaniqua, are taking... Who, who can fill China's boots? <sighs> he, he re- they really were just like trying to find some sort of... China-esque character, like a very mm. muscular woman. You know what I mean? And, and nobody, nobody can. China is China. China will mm-hmm. always be China. Nobody. Uh, there are many imitators, but no recreators. So mm-hmm. uh, they fa- they're facing uh, Rikishi and Scotty Too Hotty for the uh, WWE Tag Team Championships. 
Uh, this, these are the SmackDown tag titles because this is a SmackDown exclusive show. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. is when they were doing the 20-odd sh- pay-per-views a year. Yeah, that was strange. And they they must have ran out of names because No Way Out equals NWO. Well, didn't they bring back, and isn't that how they brought back the NWO? They brought them back at No Way Out? Yeah. I think so, yeah. Um, But yeah, uh, this whole show, though, like, what did you, you, I I felt like the show went by pretty fast. It went by really fast. And it was Uh, pretty exciting. There was a a lull in the middle. And it's a a real good, you know what, It, it this speaks a lot to nostalgia because I felt very nostalgic for a lot of these wrestlers and a lot of these scenarios that they're in. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the, the last three matches were super awesome. So I, I give it, you know, nostalgia alone, yeah. four stars out of five, four uh, and a half, maybe, uh, the Bash brothers and Shaniqua versus, uh, I guess kind of cool. The team of Rikishi and Scotty too hottie <laughs> massive ass cool. Um, so Scotty and Scotty too hottie and Doug Basham start this match off. Both teams go back and forth. Rikishi uh, teases a stink face early on the match to Shaniqua, but she evades. Scotty goes for that worm, but gets cut off at the M by Shaniqua. Basham's building heat on Scotty. That's when Rikishi goes for the bonsai bomb on Shaniqua, but Rikishi is cut off by the Bashams. And they hit a kind of like a double, double arm power bomb. Like they both kind of push him off the top of the turnbuckle pretty much. Yeah. Uh, Rikishi uh, barely beat the three count when they went for the pin. Like to the point where I think the ref might have messed up and I think there might have been a three count. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we get, and eventually we just get the bonsai drop to Shaniqua, the pin and the win. So. Shaniqua was actually a little bit more impressive than I remember. Yeah, I don't remember a lot of Shaniqua except for that her name and uh, that she was apparently a dominatrix. Yeah, yeah. Or like she had just had a whip and she mm-hmm. whipped two bald brothers. Yeah, but you know, she was doing basics, you know, body slams, just taking bumps, yeah. regular bumps. So, you know, decent. She was decent, but you know, I, I don't remember the Bashams at all. So, they, uh, they, uh, this match was kind of trash. Well, okay. Well, I went to the pay per view. That's the thing. But this was like at the point in my life where like I kind of like didn't really watch wrestling that much. Like I kind of mm-hmm. gave up in like 2002, 2003. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. then I kind of mm-hmm. kind of paid attention. And then my dad was like, hey, you want to go? I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, the Bashams, I don't. I, no. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. it's the same thing with me. This, this is when, you know, WCW was destroyed. So I totally lost interest at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did keep up during the invasion times, but then that got really stale. So I kind of was, I, I throw in the towel. Yeah. But, you know, when I heard that Eddie Guerrero was making a run at the championship, I was like, hmm, this might be interesting. So I started, you know, watching here and there. And you know how the internet is. Yeah. Uh, so then we go uh, to probably uh, the question, most questionable match of the night uh, Jamie Noble versus Nidia. That's a Nidia, right? Not Nadia. Nidia. 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 Yeah. Former Tough Enough contestant. It was, uh, this was a, not just a regular match, but this was a, a quote unquote boyfriend versus girlfriend blindfold match. That is mm-hmm. the exact match it was. It wasn't just a blindfold match. No, no, no. It's boyfriend, girlfriend, boyfriend yeah, versus I have it, girlfriend. I have it in my notes. Where just, uh, notes. just the man gets blindfolded, which, mm-hmm. you know. Well, it was because, you know, per the gimmick and per the storyline, she was blinded for the longest and he was using her as an excuse to get wins and you know how the old classic uh pulled my damsel in front of me so you don't punch me he was doing that type of stuff <laughs> well he took that shit one step further he was just like l- throwing her into the ring <laughs> yeah, yeah you know what i mean uh so the, the the story was is that jamie noble and nydia became uh trailer rich new rich whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it 
mm-hmm. they were spending their money on, you know, frivolous shit. I think they went to like Outback, like Ron Outback Steakhouse. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's when Tajiri eventually spit the mist in Nidia's eyes, causing the only her- person to ever be uh, blindfolded for an extended amount of time. Exactly. Uh, she was actually blinded for weeks on end. Uh, that's when Jamie Noble started using her as a shield and throwing her in matches uh, to get like the DQ and things for himself. Uh, so did then, uh, did Nydia win tough enough with just the just the Maven? I think it was her and Maven, right? Or they both won. Yeah, they both won. Yeah, because it was a man and a woman. Oh, okay, the then time. just the yeah, Maven. Yeah, yeah. Just just the, I say that because Tajiri used to make fun of that dude. Maven, oh, you're, you're, uh, just a Maven, just the oh. Maven, just the Maven. Uh, Nydia. So okay, let's see where man. Uh, let's see. Sorry, the beginning of the match. Beginning of the match. So Nydia. Had this match uh, turn into a blindfold match on the last uh, SmackDown going into No Way Out uh, when she revealed So it was a legit match at first? Yeah, it was just a legit match. And then they had it turn into a blindfold match. Damn, that sucks. Uh, So Nydia tripping up Noble to uh, uh, just kind of like falling behind him, you know, tripping Noble every chance he gets. And that's when Michael Cole's, yeah, go get him, girl. (laughs) Michael Cole the entire night was insufferable <laughs> okay you know like i had to turn it down a little bit dude I, he was like cartoonishly bad at times he was you know like the the go get him go- girl line like you know like that was it was 2004 like that's not even you know, I you know I, th- I think at this point jr actually left and he wasn't in people's ears anymore yeah yeah so that probably had something to do with ah, go get him i just want to hear vince oh go get him girl say that michael Cole. <laughs> yeah Say say it like go get him, girl. Uh-huh. Or it was uh, Stephanie practicing her chops at Gorilla. <laughs> say go get him, girl. Yeah, it could be absolutely. Uh, Nydia pants is noble. Then we have a leg scissors takedown to noble. Uh, this entire match, Michael Cole is uh, pretending that this match is just hilarious. Like he's mm-hmm. just like, oh, oh my god, can you believe? Oh my god, <laughs> he pulled, she pulled his pants down. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, Nidia then, or Noble then lifts his hood behind the ref's back, tosses Nidia off the rope, uh, applies the dragon sleeper to Nidia and makes her tap out. So to kick off this pay-per-view, we have two matches with two men beating two women. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just how it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you I, know, I'm not it saying like it's, <laughs> I'm not sitting here saying like, oh, it's sexist or anything. But it is what it is, and you can mm-hmm. take it how you want and think of it's it. It's 2004, man. Yeah. Uh, this match is not good at all. I w- didn't really like it at all. I don't know why they had this match. I don't know why they, if Nidia was really that bad of war. But she did a leg scissors takedown. She hit some moves in the match that mm-hmm. it, it was questionable to me why they. It's because she was, there, there, there is no NXT at this point. Uh, OVW, I don't know where they're at, at at this point. I don't think they have a working relationship anymore. So they were forced, well, kind of. Between to, developmentals? Yeah, so they thrusted Maven and uh, Nydia into the main event because they had to. They, they just came off of Tough Enough. They were on MTV. They, they were, you know, strike when the iron's hot. They couldn't take a year break or two-year break and be like, okay, well, now here they are from year one of Tough Enough, even though we're on year five. Do you remember Maven's highlight? Uh, wrestling Tajiri and Tajiri re- referencing to Maven as just a Maven? No. Uh, <laughs> it was when Maven <laughs> eliminated 
The Undertaker from the mm-hmm. Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. And that was it. Then Undertaker just fucking buried him for like mm-hmm. a couple weeks on end. Yeah. I, I I mean, that's just what they did with Tough Enough, you know? Um, oh, ask the Miz that. You're, oh, I don't want to date myself. But... I mean, you're probably going to be champion for a little while, dude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why I don't want to <laughs> expose the business here. Uh, let's see. The next up, uh, we have a very metrosexual looking Josh Matthews interviewing Kurt Angle. Josh Matthews. And, and when I say metrosexual, I mean. Oh, again, another former season one tough enough con- contender. Yeah. Okay. But this guy, he is like, he's got perfect skin in this. Like his hair is perfectly. Um, yeah. Tips. Tips. Yeah. Bleach mm-hmm. tips. He had mm-hmm. like a necklace around. Uh, uh, he had earrings. Earrings. A, a turtleneck. This guy was all done up. Like you could tell he had a skin routine. You know, way better than he looks nowadays. Like back oh, yeah. then, he had like he was like well, he's probably like twenty in this. So, yeah, he was he was young. He was like twenty twenty one when he first started tough enough. So he was maybe twenty two. Yeah. Uh, earlier in the week, though, Kurt Angle was attacked by either uh, John Cena or the Big Show. He doesn't know who, uh, but Cena walks up wearing his uh, nice crisp Willie Mays uh, pullover jersey, the San Francisco mm-hmm. Giants number forty four, and a nice hieroglyphics. Uh, Fitted cap. That's what it was. Hieroglyphics, you know, Bay Area hip hop crew, uh, consisting of mainly Del the Funk and Homo sapiens, Souls of Mischief, uh, Casual, uh, Domino, and a whole bunch of other uh, Yeah. I knew um, Del's ex girlfriend. Shut up. Yeah. Yeah. I can't say how, but. Okay. <laughs> I, I wasn't hooking up with her or anything, but I, I knew mm-hmm. her through nefarious means. <laughs> uh, let's All right, but this is this is clue to how uh, hip John Cena is at the time to know who hieroglyphics are and coming into. The I love John. C- I love John Cena at this time. I oh, remember yeah. buying a John Cena T-shirt at the show. Like I had the John Cena the baseball shirt, the Word Life, mm-hmm. uh, with the black sleeves and the white with the old school WWF logo. You didn't have the foam fingers. No, <laughs> I saw someone in the crowd. I was too. Oh, cool. I was God. too cool for school. I was like seventeen yeah. at the time. I'm like. Pfft. Fuck that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Cena walks in. He says, uh, he's, I wouldn't attack you from behind. I attack you from the front. And he does. He proceeds to attack John or Kurt Angle from the front. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next up, we have the world's greatest tag team versus the Acolyte Protection Agency. So this is a weird uh, period in Bradshaw's career where he's in the evolution phase to JBL, but he's not quite there yet. Mm-hmm. So he's got the blonde hair, but he's still doing APA. Yeah. You know. Uh, Farouk and Shelton Benjamin. Oh, world's greatest tag team, if you aren't familiar. Shelton Benjamin and Charlie Haas. Uh, Shelton Benjamin and Farouk start the match. Bradshaw came in uh, to the match with a hurt arm. Haas and Benjamin focusing on JBL's arm. Haas and Benjamin building the heat on Farouk, though. Uh, which seems weird to me because JBL has a hurt arm and it would make sense to build the heat on the person with the injury. But that they will... go after Farouk's arm? Yeah, but then they start working on Farouk. Yeah, so it on made... his arm specifically. Unless JBL was legit injured. They're like, no, dude, you got to work. Get mm, in there. Yeah, that's, that's, that's It could true. be. You never know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we have a nice power bomb to Shelton Benjamin by JBL. Because once JBL gets tagged in, though, he is like a fucking... A ball of energy. He just fucking runs in there and tears everyone apart. He genuinely likes beating people up. <laughs> he gets a kick out of it, I'm yeah, telling man. you. 
He, he likes beating people up and making money, so. Mm-hmm. <sighs> uh, nice power. Uh, it's a uh, good-looking powerbomb. Uh, JBL then runs wild on Shelton uh, with the last call slam off the turnbuckle. Uh, clothesline from hell to, Shel- or to Charlie Haas. Uh, but then Benjamin just hits a super kick on JBL or on Bradshaw, and he gets the one, two, three, the pin and the win. Awesome. Thank you. It, it, it was kind of weird, but yeah, no, I was, I like that the world's greatest tag team went over. I think it was better. Uh, both, well, Bradshaw was kind of about to get into his main run as JBL, so I guess he can't say he's old at this point. But you can tell mm. Farouk in this match, he looked a little older. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, you know, he, he was wrestling since the 70s, I want to say. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. He was, he was around for a while, you know. Exactly. This, this is definitely the twilight of his career. He's probably no, in his late 40s. Big things. Yeah, he's probably he found like, his, biggest, uh, his biggest gimmick during these times. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it was a good match, though. A good tag match. Uh, both teams mm-hmm. looked really good. It's because the world's greatest tag team was involved. Yeah. Uh, that's when uh, Goldberg finally comes through the arena through the... <gasps> through the merch stand area at the Cal Palace, which I just was like, man, that building sucks to get around when you <laughs> during a show. Oh, no. At one point, you see a weird angle from the right side. So if you're looking at hard cam on the yeah. right side, yeah, you see there's this entranceway that's, that's not used for the wrestlers. So it's opposite of the entranceway, right? Yeah, that's where all the fans come in. Yeah, 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 exactly. So you get a peek and you see all the concessions and people walking back and forth. It's like, wow, this place is a dungeon. Yeah, no, it, it's funny because it just brings back memories watching that. Watching like you see like refreshments. I'm like, oh, yeah. Uh, I used to work at the Gap House, by the way. You know what? You probably stocked the chicken tenders that I ate the last time I was there for New Japan Pro Wrestling. Probably. Yes. Well, not not recently. I wasn't working there. <laughs> no, I know. You probably stocked the oh, chicken tenders. <laughs> The food's probably that old. Back it in, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we got we got 10 years of chicken tenders. We got to load it in there, Jose. You're like, oh, okay. Yeah, whatever. Just remind me not to have any of these. Uh, I forgot. And uh, Goldberg comes to the ringside area. That's when Paul Heyman, who... <laughs> it's funny when you look at young Paul Heyman in like ECW, you're like, oh, man. Paul Heyman got old when he went to WWE. And then you compare Paul Heyman 2004 to Paul Heyman 2021. You're like, oh my God, Paul even got older again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which like he reached levels. Man, but you know he's one of those people. Okay, but me, and my wife had this running gag going on where, like, Jimmy Fallon is a is a person that looks much better in their, you know, uh, when they got got older than when they did when they were younger. Yeah. Um, there's some people that are natural that they look old when they're in their twenties. So when they're in their fifties, you're like, wow, this guy is in really good shape. Yeah. yeah. Paul Heyman is one of those guys, but yeah. he. When he was 30, he looked 50, but not when he was 50, he looked 70. So you, you're always like catching up. So exactly what you're talking about. Though. Yeah. And well, okay, I'm pulling up his information now. Uh, Paul Heyman's only 55 years old right now. So that's... he started a business very young. He was a starter as a photographer. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's true. He... As a, like a teenager, Early he was 90s. like 16. Um, wow. And at 16, he probably looked like a 30-year-old. He was 30 years old, 30. Uh, he's 29, uh, 39 years old in this. So, all right. Paul Heyman with hair right. comes out to the ring. Uh, it's still weird with him with the long hair. Uh, he tells Goldberg that if he comes into the ring, he will be arrested, removed, taken away, arrested, removed, taken away, arrested, removed, taken away. He just goes on and on and on. Brock Lesnar comes out to the ring uh, to prove to everyone that he's not intimidated by Bill Goldberg. That's when he's taunting Brock or taunting Goldberg into the ring. 
Goldberg finally gives in uh, when Brock... When he gets the classic line. He says, stay over there like the little bitch you are. <laughs> Goldberg gets in the ring. Uh, Brock charges uh, Goldberg when Heyman distracts Goldberg. Uh, Goldberg evades the F5, hits the jackhammer on Brock. Heyman is screaming like a stuck pig into the mic. <laughs> ah, ah, somebody, somebody, ah! I'm like, chill, dude. Mm-hmm. Um, and this thing was really overbooked, though, because like they they had Goldberg come out, they had Heyman come out to tell him to leave, they had Brock come out, they had a, an altercation, and he gets arrested, and then Hardcore Holly comes out to chase off Brock. Yeah. Uh, what? Oh, you don't do you not remember this? No. So this was okay. So I, you might remember that Hardcore Holly did legit get his neck broken by Brock Lesnar in a match. In 2003, yeah. he was out for like mm-hmm. a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he came back, they, uh, they mentioned it in in the match, but they didn't mention who broke his neck. Yeah, they built up a storyline with him and Brock that he wanted mm-hmm. Brock, and it, it led to I can't remember which pay per view was, but Hardcore Holly got a title shot at one of the pay per views, mm-hmm. which I was always like, huh? Yeah. Okay. Sure. To this day, I'm like, okay. I mean, he's a scary looking man. I've seen him in real life. Oh, look, dude, he looks like a mutated beaver. Don't say that. He's gonna, he's gonna find. He's gonna find you, man. Uh, he comes out to the ring. I'll he... just run in circles. His neck can't catch up with. Him. <laughs> Fuck. Sorry. Uh, Sorry. No, Sorry. No, you're good. Please uh, edit this. Edit this out. Uh, God, Hardcore Holly and uh, Rhino. They have a match because we need a, a lull match to to let everyone's excitement set it, settle in from Goldberg and Brock. To me, it feels like the, this is the main event of Sunday Night Heat, and we're about to get into the pay-per-view. Uh, let's see. I, I I tuned out for this match, dude. I'll be honest. Uh, yeah, no, this was a boring ECW burial. Uh, the only thing I wrote down was there's an Alabama slam to Rhino, the pin, and Holly gets the win. See what I mean? Alabama slam? Come on. That was smooth. On Rhino, your former ECW heavyweight champion? Seems like it'd be pretty hard to hit Rhino with an Alabama slam. Yeah, what? It's really cool when Drew McIntyre hits somebody with an Alabama slam. Because remember he used to do that? that, He does that weird extended one that that goes from way back here. And it's reversed, too. You land face first. Uh, That's when we get... Can we just talk about how massive... Paul Heyman made uh, Rhino look in ECW, and the moment he steps into a WWF ring, he looks like w- one of the hillbillies. Oh, you mean the way he's booked, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, Rhino didn't originally sign with WWE, so that's his fault. He doesn't mm-hmm. get booked. Yeah. It's not Vince's guy. Mm-hmm. What about my guy? It's Hardcore Holly. Mm-hmm. He's Sparky Plug, damn it. Uh. Uh, Undertaker then uh, teases the entire it fucks with the entire Cow Palace audience and makes us all think he's there but he's not he's probably at home divorcing Sarah uh, Undertaker hits a teaser video for Wrestlemania it just shows pictures of Kane he says 28 day I think it was 28 days right something like that yeah yeah and uh, you know, Michael Cole's like wait 28 days that's Wrestlemania oh, I just put two and two together I'm like yeah you fucking idiot Sorry, this is a fucking idiot. <laughs> it should be on your calendar. Come on, man. Yeah. Uh, then we go. Then we go to Shavo Guerrero versus Rey Mysterio. A fantastic match. A match I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Um, so this match is the fallout between the Guerrero Guerrero feud. 
Uh, Chavo basically turned on his brother a few months ago back on SmackDown. They had a feud going back and forth. And that's what, what did I say, brother? Yeah. Okay, uncle. I knew that, okay? I know, I know you. I Chavo knew Classics is his brother, right? Right? Chavo Classic? Yeah. What? That's uh, Eddie's brother, right? Yeah, that's Eddie's brother. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> Eddie was the baby. Uh, so, yeah, one day, Guerrero, Guerrero, Eddie Guerrero <laughs> was knocked out <laughs> in the bathroom. Uh, that's when Ray was like, you did this. Dude, you know what? Shabo's like, hey, bro, hey, I had nothing to do with it, okay? Yeah, no, watching watching this actually gave me uh, a very dark feeling, um, knowing the way Eddie passed away. and Oh, wait till we get to the main event. Yeah, and the likes of how he passed away. So it, it really it, it hit me a certain kind of, kind of way when well, I saw him lying in the bathroom. It, I was like, oh, fuck. Well... Yeah, there was there was that uh, scene where some, somebody said, "Oh, uh, what? Who was the who was the general manager at the time? Paul Heyman, right?" Mm-hmm. He comes into the bathroom. And he goes, "What? He just collapsed like that?" Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, "Fuck! Mm-hmm. Oh, God damn it!" <laughs> you know, like why did I pick this pay per view to watch? Yeah, yeah. Why? <laughs> uh, so it's in uh, Chavo is accompanied to the ring by his father, Chavo Classic or Chavo mm-hmm. Guerrero Senior. Mm-hmm. And Ray is accompanied to the ring by a very tiny guy named Jorge Paez. Jorge El Maromero Paez, former lightweight uh, champion. Uh, I don't know if he was WBO, IBF, but he was, you know, a famous boxer. He was named Maromero, a.k.a. Uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, not a gymnast, uh, like an aerialist or the acrobat. Okay. The acrobat. Because uh, he used to do a front flip. He used to hold on to the top ropes and then front flip into the ring. Okay. And, uh, yeah, he was a champion around the time uh, Cesar Chavez was, you know, the shit. And this guy was, you know, pretty good. Okay, so I looked him up, though, and his last match was, like, in the 90s. Oh, yeah, at this point, he was, you know, he, he was over the hill. <laughs> I was like, who? Because didn't you see him? He kind of, like, he walked into old. the ring kind of like, whoa. Then he had the, he had the old man shoes with no socks, right? Dude, okay. He was dressed like he was going to a 1920s, like... Zoot suit for a party. <laughs> this guy is like five, 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 six, maybe. Probably like he, 120 he had, pounds. You know, he has shoes with, you know, heels on them with, with boosters. The fucking, and he was Ray Mysterio's height. Given, he had an orange jacket. So he read the, he read the crowd. He was smart. He said giants mm-hmm. all the way. Mm-hmm. Fuck the Dodgers. Um, he he did that and he knew it, you know. So he did that, but he comes out to the ring and he's just like, "Who is this guy?" Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I know you just told me who he is, but I'm just like, why is he here? Is he like Ray's friend? Like they, does... they would have had a better time pumping this guy up in the LA market. Does Ray like have like on call like boxers and MMA? Because he had Kane Velasquez fight for him. Mm-hmm. Was Jorge mm-hmm. Paez like going to be scheduled to have a fight with Chavo Classic? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. He he was only there to knock Chavo out, Chavo Classic out. Yeah, no, I'm I'm sure Vince was like, hey, yo, who can you bring so our Mexican American audience can or our Hispanic audience can relate to? Who's some of the legends? Who yeah. should I bring in? Well, you know, my friend is a. Uh, Jorge Paez. I could talk to him. Go for Oscar De La Hoya or something. They probably did, and he wanted like millions. (laughs) Who's next on the list? (laughs) Who's this Jorge Paez? Yeah. 
because Vince can't read. I don't think Vince can oh. read. Sorry, that's just some of the things he said in the past. No, he he just uh, reads Carney. Uh, he said one time he said svelte slevit. What? He you know the, the word svelte? Yeah, yeah. He yeah. said slevit slevit. Oh, look at you! You're looking very slevit. Uh, so. Hold on, I, I already said that. Uh, these, mm-hmm. So this is the match starts out, and it's actually shades of uh, WCW Cruiserweights division mm-hmm. because these two were fucking two of the cornerstones of WCW's Cruiserweight division. Right. A lot of sunset flips, a lot of... Uh, Aren't they fighting for the Cruiserweight championship that came they, from WCW? They are fighting for the Cruiserweight title at this point. That, and the lineage came from WCW, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it was the light heavy. Remember, it was the light heavyweight title. Yeah, but I thought Taka. when the invasion happened, they brought over the cruiserweight title. Yeah, and they yeah, just yeah, kept yeah. it. Yeah, so it's it has WCW lineage. Yeah, yeah. I guess it. Uh, it's it's not like the remade um, lightweight title, and then they renamed it. No, yeah, yeah. No, no I they know. Brought, I know. I think they actually brought it. They over, um, so. unified them. Okay, they there unified you go. the titles at one. Point. Just as just as good. Uh, Paez knocks out Chavo Classic. He's ejected from ringside, and he plays it off pretty well. He's like, what? <laughs> oh, God, come on. <laughs> okay. And he did oh, do his little boxing shuffle. Yeah. Uh, Ray hits a plancha to both the Chavos. Springboard leg drop to Chavo Jr. in the ring, followed by a kick wow. out. Dude, and these ropes are very loose. Yeah, no, they're pretty bad. Uh, then we have an atomic gut buster to Ray by Chavo. But Chavo, like, lands on his leg weird. I don't think he was working this. I think this was a legit injury he might have had. Yeah. Yeah. Because he lands on it wrong. And they even call try to call it a backbreaker. And I'm like, that was a gut buster. No, yeah. That exactly. was clearly a gut buster. Come on, guys. Uh-huh. Come on. Come on, Taz. You can't call that move. You <laughs> this is a gut buster, Taz. He's gonna lift him over his shoulders and then slam him <laughs> into his knee. This is technique by Corey and Taz. Taz is going to fucking hate me if he ever meets me. Uh, Shavo begins. Hey, hey, kid. I heard you were mocking me on your podcast. Huh? Yeah. Hey, Hook, get him. Get him, Will Hobbs. No, he's my friend. Yeah. So uh, this is like Chavo's best match so far in uh, WWF, right? Well, I mean, he's had he's had some decent matches here and there. I mean, he was tag team champions with his uh, with his uncle, Eddie. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Chavo begins to slow down the match with a series of holes. Ray hits a moonsault that Chavo Barely catches uh, Ray on. Uh, we have a six one nine to Shaba, but Shaba, th- I didn't. I did not like this part of the match. So Ray hits a six one nine and goes for the dive to pin him, but Shaba just rolls through and hits like and locks him into a bust or like a half crab. Which and looks, then he no sells. That's the thing. It's like I don't like when people do that, and it's happened a lot in wrestling where people mm-hmm. will get hit with a finisher, but because like they'll roll up a temple, just roll through. They have all this new energy. They're like, oh yeah. my god. I pinned him i'm about to fucking come my pants mm-hmm. or something you know mm-hmm. they're that excited that they're like i don't care if i just got hit with a move it yeah it no bothers sell me. it a little bit let's sell it a bit. especially knowing that he's gonna get out of it yeah sell it just a little bit yeah maybe collapse after he you know gets out of the half crowd yeah uh that's when uh shavo distracts the ref and shavo classic uh pushes ray off the top rope <laughs> shavo gets the pin in the win um he's the new cruiserweight champion uh, beating Ray for the title. Uh, these two men worked their asses off, and it was a fun match. And I'm honestly glad I rewatched it from start to finish because yeah. yeah, there was even a point where I fell asleep when I was watching the pay per view because I was like laying in bed watching it, and mm-hmm. uh, and I went back and I restarted the match because like I don't want to miss any of this match, and I was glad I did. 
Yeah, no, to me, it feels like the, the actual pay-per-view started here. And, uh, you know, we don't have much after, but what we do get is a smorgasbord of fun, uh, fun-full memories. So then uh, Chavo and Chavo Classic are backstage. They're in front of Eddie's locker room. <laughs> and Chavo's like, see, I'm the real, the real winner in the Guerrero family. Not like this guy who's a loser, a loser. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Fucking crack me up, man. I could imagine Eddie in the back inside this thing, like, oh come on, Chavo, man. I'm trying to concentrate on my on my match. Chavo, you here, you I bet you Eddie's just like right behind the camera, just like eating some food, like, oh, it's pretty good, dude. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's pretty good. You're doing good, Chavo. Hey, hey see that line again where I'm addicted. Yeah. <laughs> I you know what? I will say this about the whole Eddie Guerrero attic storyline. <sighs> He played it. He played it. I I like the. You know what? I am an addict, but you know what? Damn it! I'm gonna fucking overcome this. And that's what Eddie Guerrero's mm-hmm. storyline was. It's like I'm an addict. I know that, but I can still accomplish great things. And it was super yeah. like motivating. It's like even rewatching. I'm like, damn. There you go. Like, you know, like I know I have an addictive personality with food. You know what I mean? We all mm-hmm. have it in us. So, it, it was a good. It was it, it, in retrospect. I enjoyed the storyline. Yeah, so did I, especially when you see other attempts like uh, I know Jeff Hardy did that same attempt. Uh, yeah, that was else. Uh, CM Punk and Jericho. Remember? There you go. Yeah. Where he poured the like whiskey on him, which was like, mm-hmm. oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, no, good stuff. Uh, let's see. Then we have Kurt Angle versus John Cena versus the big show for what? for no title, but a shot at going to WrestleMania to face what? the champion. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm held down. OK. I don't like this match. Oh, I, I liked it. I was really excited about this match going into it. Like, I was like, oh, shit, it's going to be Big Show, Kurt Angle, and Cena in 2004. It's going to be a fucking great match. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, okay, Big Show, stand in the corner for a minute. Okay, each guy go after Big Show. Okay, now you two fight. Okay, now one person's going to fight the Big Show again. Okay, now Big Show's going to slow the match down. It, 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 I don't know. It, it just, I didn't like it. I, I didn't get into it. When it was over, I was like, fucking finally. It yeah. wasn't like okay. a horrible match where I was like, yeah, I yeah. hated this match. It was just, yeah. I was let down. Yeah. Okay. Here's my thing. Um, nostalgia again. Yeah. That was one. Number two is it's rare that you see Big Show move so a- agile. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. It, it's been a long time since we've seen this Big Show. I would say maybe since 2004, or 2005, you know? Um, and you're getting a young John Cena that's right now, you know, receiving the gentle push. And eventually we know he's going to become, you know, the super Cena that we all love, hate. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it was good to see, uh, to use your term, Cena classic going up against such, you know, Hall of Famers. Yeah. And he's not yet there yet as the Hall of Fame. Oh, no, he's not Hall of Fame John Cena at all in this match because you know, we'll get to, right to the finish of the match. So show manhandle Cena. Uh, oh, so Angle challenges Cena to go after show because Angle went after show first. Couldn't do it. Show manhandle Cena. Like he did with Angle, um, I feel like this match is going half the speed at this moment. Uh, there was a cool spot where Angle teases a German suplex to the Big Show coming off the ring, but they did not hit it. Uh, but instead, he hits a low blow to Big Show. Everyone goes back and forth. We have an FU, uh, the AA, the later renamed, to mm-hmm. the Big Show, but uh, Kurt Angle distracts uh, Cena. Angle slammed to Show, followed by a kickout, choke slam to Angle, choke slam to Cena. Cena then goes for the FU, but Angle uh, on Angle, but Show hits the leg of Cena. Angle Angle slams to Show out of the ring, and then we just get the ankle lock 
to Cena with the applied pressure, and John Cena taps out. So that was good. Eh, you know, the the finish was deep. I just felt like there was moments where just the match was going really slow. Okay, you know what happened is you just came off a match with Rey Mysterio and Chavo Jr., and what? it was high pace action everywhere, jumping off the ropes, doing this, doing that. And then you got, you know, your classic WWE, WWF style match. Yeah, yeah no, definitely. Uh, though, although, like I said, for the hype going into this match, I f- was let down. I just, you know, like I was like, oh, shit, John Cena, 2004, this is going to be awesome. Yeah, amazing. yeah, well, they were moving at Big Show's pace. And Big Show was trying to move at their pace. And, you know, give him credit. He was actually, you know, he, he can't. When he was a rookie at WCW, he couldn't pull this off. Yeah. Uh well this was some of the better work he's done. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like at this point of his career, this is like when he went to OVW, mm-hmm. you know, he had to come back. Mm-hmm. He was how many different heel turns, face turns, like they had no See, idea. Okay, what that's, do with a, him. that's booking, that's booking. And yeah. I know like it's because he can play both roles very well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um even sit sitcom dad. Even sitcom dad, yeah. Uh, okay, then we go to the main event. Ooh, of the- who owns that show? Does WWE own that? Uh, I hope not. The Big Show show? They yeah. probably have to rename it. I mean, at least they're using the Big Show's name in it. Well, it's... Or the big- referring to him. The show itself is big. Oh. The Big Show. Uh, Just don't I, I'm, I'm sure it's produced by WWE. Uh-oh. I mean, let's see. The end. The big Show show. Oh, the Big Show show. Let's see. Um, let's see. I'm going to pull this up because information that I'm doing. So it's a multi-camera setup. Uh, mm-hmm. It's 25 to 28 minutes in length. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, uh, production companies, Z&M Industri- Industrial Films, North Rock 6, and WWE Studios. <sighs> so you could say goodbye to that one. Yeah, or maybe they'll buy them out. What if what if like he still did the show? <laughs> like under the banner. Yeah, but like Paul White of AEW stars in WWE. <laughs> the forbidden yeah. door is open. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, you could just walk right through it. Oh, Allison Munn was in the show? I don't know who that is. <laughs> Anyways, I just know the name. Anyways, a main event time. Eddie Guerrero versus Brock Lesnar for the WWE. I don't want to say it's not undisputed. It's just the WWE Championship at this point again. Yeah, uh, but it's a very good-looking title. My favorite title. Hey. My favorite title ever. My favorite WWE Championship belt ever. Fuck the Winged Eagle. Fuck the '90s title. Fuck the little whatever this is nowadays. This is the best. I like the Pedro title. Morales era. What did he was he heavyweight champion? No, but it, the, the, that style of just real What's thin one? leather, <laughs> real thin leather uh, plates that look like they came out of a. They're really the, the old 1960s. Well, they have ones. like the, the, the two layers of metal plates going around it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's all flimsy. Yeah. Uh, was it green? No, that's the uh, I think I'm thinking of the that's world. The, I think that's the IC. Yeah. Uh, I did. Uh, well, there's one other one. I, I did enjoy the. Um, the skull. N- no, I, I, I did not like the smoking skull belt. The Brahma bull belt. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, which was uh, the, the one Hogan has, but before the winged eagle. It was like a small. It kind of looked like the TV title, WCW TV title. Yeah, yeah that one looked decent. Yeah, yeah, that was that was cool. That looked like a real championship. Uh, let's see, main event time: Brock Lesnar, Eddie Guerrero, back and forth between these two men. 
Now, the entire crowd is fucking a thousand percent behind Eddie Guerrero in this match. Mm -hmm. They Mm -hmm. want Eddie to win so badly. And actually going into this match, this is like, they built it up for a few weeks. What it was is, um, was this when Chris Benoit, right, won the Royal Rumble Mm -hmm. and chose to go after Triple H? I think so. Whoever I think so. At Raw. And uh, you yeah. know what? Saying Triple H, champion of Raw, that sounds pretty much right. Um, so then uh, they had to find a number one contender for Brock Lesnar's title. They had the first ever Royal Rumble match on SmackDown uh, at this time. That's when Eddie Guerrero won this. Became the number one contender uh, leading into a few weeks of build between the two men. Uh, a lot of you might remember Brock Lesnar's infamous mariachi auditions. Oh, yeah, that's right. I do, dude. Now that you say it, I just remembered. Oh my god, that was him coming out, you know, with the fucking <laughs> with, with sombrero and just like he, I think he had maracas, mm-hmm. but it, a poncho. It was very racist. Very. <laughs> it was very, very racist. Uh, some yeah. of the stuff Brock does that the the money in the Brock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> although, oh my god. Oh although my god. seeing Brock Lesnar come out, just like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it may be racist, but damn. Oh, it's it's one hundred percent racist, but fuck, he was hilarious. Fuck the the visual of Brock doing that is like, dude, you're you're clown. You're worse than the clown. You're clown shoes. Yeah. Uh, so Eddie does a hurricane rana, but Brock transitions into a power bomb. Brock is just beating the shit out of Eddie Guerrero at the beginning of this match, Mm -hmm. Uh, and this is when Brock had way more offense too. Mm-hmm. So this wasn't just like German, Super German, German, German. Yep. This was like fucking running knee, fucking mm-hmm. power ball. <laughs> yeah. So Brock's kicking Eddie's ass in the beginning of this match, controlling pretty much most of the match. Eddie struggles to drag Brock to the ring post, trying to work on Brock's leg. Uh, we have a nice uh, a fisherman buster to Eddie Guerrero, but I think it's funny because he did the, uh, the Ryback thing. Did you ever What's notice? That? Remember Ryback? Uh-huh. I remember he would like he would do the fisherman buster, but he would do like he would like walk around like he would lift yeah. his legs up. Brock yeah. did that for a second. And I'm like, what are you doing, Brock? Uh, yeah, and he's not how strong. I am. And he's big. Don't get me wrong. He's very muscular, but he's mm-hmm. five nine. Come on, he can't yeah. weigh that much, especially for these. But you guys. know, that, that just goes to show how much Brock really you know uh, respected him. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. No. I definitely. I mean, compare like match like this to a match he had with Dean Ambrose years later. Yeah, well, here's something about Brock Lesnar that you that is, a, is very apparent to me is if he a respected you, b respected the angle, or c enjoyed what you guys were doing in the ring, he would go above and beyond. Or d, I'm gonna add this one because it's a uh, big d. Contract year, the paycheck was just good. Yeah, the paycheck was just like this will yeah. make us fucking ten million dollars. Let's just do it. Yeah, Brock's smart yeah. when it comes to money. Yeah, yeah, but you could tell who he really liked in the ring because he really did. A, um, he really tried hard to put people over. Yeah, the right, the, the ones that rubbed him well. You know what I mean? Uh, Brock gets Eddie down with a clothesline. That's when Eddie then strikes Brock's leg uh, oh, into the ring post. Brock falls to the outside. Eddie really focusing on the leg of Brock Lesnar. We have a side slam to Brock. Eddie applies the STF to Brock on the mat, uh, belly to belly to Eddie. Both men down. The chant. The crowd is just like, "Come on, we know it's gonna happen." Bring it on. We want to see the new champion. Goldberg comes out to the ring. Oh, just sorry. Figure four to Brock. Eddie misses a massive missile drop kick. Like, he comes off the... He's about 20 feet in the air. Just splashes mm-hmm. right on the fucking mm-hmm. mat. Reverse uh, gut wrench to... Uh, locked into Eddie. Uh, and this is the part that was uncomfortable for me. 
when Brock is just yelling at Eddie, just die, die. just, uh, just uh. die, Eddie. I'm like, and then he goes, that's what you're good at. Just die. I was just like, dude. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know you can't, well, I mean, he, you can't predict he, anything. And yeah, I, he, nobody knew. We're all going to die eventually. So I guess eventually all that is going to be like, yeah. But, you know, he really meant just quit. Give it up. That's what you do. You throw in the towel. You, uh, you know, when it gets when it gets crazy, you give up and you're going to go back to the alcohol. Yeah. Uh, headbutts to Brock. Um, uh, head scissors take down to Brock. Three amigos to Brock. Brock goes for the F5. Okay, okay, okay. Hold on. After those three amigos, you can't tell me that it wasn't like, holy shit. Oh, it was. Yeah, no, because uh, Eddie's legit building up something against uh, Brock at this point. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He's actually having a fight. Who has ever, that, that was a very dominating sequence. Yeah, no, it was. Who's ever been able to do that to Brock? Not even Cena. I mean, mm-hmm. Cena has at times, but mm-hmm. I mean, that's how anyone wins against Brock. They just like hit like a couple moves at the end. Mm-hmm. But um, Brock then goes for an F5, but knocks the ref down. Uh, uh, and everybody stands up and goes, who's coming? Uh, knocks uh, the Eddie Guerrero into the ref. That's when Brock grabs the title from ringside, gets back into the ring. Out comes Goldberg. Goldberg hits a spear to Brock Lesnar. Everybody is down in the ring, except then they're literally the only people down in the entire building because everybody is on their fucking feet at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eddie Guerrero goes for the count. Brock Lesnar kicks out. That's oh, and that was the magic moment, too. Yeah. You're like, oh, my God, Eddie's going to win. Oh, no, he's, he's not going to win. Oh. oh, they fucking had us. Uh, Eddie grabs the title to strike Brock Lesnar. And Classic I think Eddie. everybody in the arena had this feeling, and I could speak for this, was like, just do it. Just fucking take that asshole out. I don't care. Just take the title. Like, we wanted to see a title change. That's all. Yeah, and you, you got to give Brock credit here because he he really teases and and works that uh, that sell where he's not getting up and he's not giving us that moment that we so crave. Yeah. And it, you got to give Brock credit for this. Yeah, he gets That's up cool and yeah. Brock Lesnar gets up and dodges the uh, title shot. Uh, he drops the title on the mat. Uh, Eddie then uh, gets put up for the F five, but reverses into a DDT landing. Oh my god. Oh my god! I'll say on the title because that's what the storyline's supposed to be, but it wasn't really on the title. Yeah, it was close to it. It, it. it hit Eddie more than it did Brock, but okay. A frog splash to Brock Lesnar, the pin, the win. You know what's awesome about that? Knew what's up. <laughs> After he hit the frog splash, um, he grabbed the title and he threw it out the ring. Yeah. But he hit the rope and it slung right back to Eddie. He was like, "Oh shit! Get the fuck out of here, dude! <laughs> Damn it! He told you to go go back home. Too good for your home." <laughs> so yes uh so the one two three and your new wwe champion eddie guerrero for the first time ever uh accomplishing something he's never accomplished in his life in his career and it's funny because i always think this is a wrestler like i always think this and i'm not a wrestler so it's just coming from an outside perspective is that in my head if i was a wrestler i wouldn't feel like i'm the champion even if Vince is like, oh, hey, hey, Corey, you're going to go out there. You're going to pin Triple H, and you're going to win the title tonight. You're the man now. I'd be like, oh, cool. I know he could be like to that ref. Hey, Triple H is going over. Let him know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to fucking celebrate or be happy until I win. Fucking Eddie is elated. 
He mm-hmm. jumps out of the ring. He goes to some random fan, jumps in his guy's arms. He's mm-hmm. in the crowd. He is. He wants to cry. He's so happy. He pulls a flag. Doesn't care where it's from. He's from like Texas, right? Yeah. California flag, like yeah, <laughs> with the title California. Uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, no, he fucking he goes to I think his mother and fa- mother and maybe father's a father there too, or just yeah, yeah, that's uh, I believe it's Hector Guerrero. Hector Guerrero, both. I, I believe I, I'm not 100 sure. Totally yeah. They're at ringside. He goes and gives them a hug, and fucking the crowd. Uh, and then when Mama Guerrero shed a tear, I shed uh, one. I I was so happy was, for them. Oh, it's, it's so cool, and. And seeing San Francisco go nuts. And if you really think about it, too, like the Guerreros, the whole family won that night, man. Chavo, new cruiserweight Mm -hmm. champion. Eddie, the new WWE champion. Like, they're the top of the game. Like, you cannot say the Guerreros are not a major, like a a wrestling family, a wrestling dynasty family. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. You know, people are like, oh, they're not the, they're not, you know, fucking, I can't. Not thinking of they're not the McMahons, they're not the mm-hmm. the the Rhodes, you know. Mm-hmm. They're the fucking Guerreros, you know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe Gory Guerrero is his dad. I don't remember. We're gonna have to look that up some other time. I'll look it up right now. So yeah, that was so, yeah WWE. Because another thing that I noticed that's um, a running theme it, that's always been a running theme throughout the history of WWE WWF is this weird way that they don't know what to do with. Uh, people of color so they put them against each other <laughs> so it has to be ray against chavo it has to be uh uh bianca belair versus sasha banks yeah um, it has to be hurt business versus cedric alexander exactly andrade versus angel garza uh you know it's come on guys let's get it together it's well, 2021 uh eddie was trained by gory guerrero Okay, well, is that his uncle? Um, let's see. I'm going to go to Gory Guerrero's. Give me the children of <laughs> Gory Guerrero. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't want spouses. To... Oh, God. Yeah, it just says family, Guerrero. Thanks. Give me a family tree, damn it. Oh, here, here's a family tree. Okay. Uh, Gory Guerrero is, yes, the father of Hector Guerrero, the father of Eddie Guerrero, the father of Chavo. Um, Tara Mahoney. Ooh. Linda Guerrero. There's Linda Guerrero. A Maria Guerrero. Hmm. Mondo Guerrero. No, no, don't say that name. Okay, I won't. Uh, what did Mondo do? <laughs> no, 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 it reminds me of. It's too close to Mongo McMichaels. Oh, you gotta do like a whole episode just based off Mongo. Ooh, greatest hits. Uh, <laughs> that should actually be the CWR Wrestler of the Year award, the Mongo McMichael Award. <laughs> yeah. Oh. All right, I think that about does it here for us. Yes, sir. Here at City Wrestling Radio. Guys, hey. if you liked what you hear, please check us out on social media. Like, subscribe, and yeah, listen to us on the go on soundcloud.com slash Radio or wherever you get your fine, fine, fine audio podcast. Anything else you want to add before we get out of here, Jose? Um, no, congratulations, Eddie Guerrero. Yeah. That was a hell of a match. MVP of all time great, all time great match 2004. Yeah, and I, I fucking, I, I can't say that, but every time I, I look at, it, I'm just, I was fucking there, and I, I hate mm. to say it over and over because people are like, shut up, dude. <laughs> it's just like, fuck, man. You look, and at the play, time, I was like, wow, I can't believe this is happening. They replayed Cow Palace, no less. At the Cow Palace, yeah. Uh, all the the member, well, not memorable because I can't be like, well, this happened at the Cow Palace, and this happened mm. at the Cow Palace, and uh, all I know, I mean. 
I, I don't know the full history. I know Roy Shire, big time wrestling. I know Pat Patterson wrestled there for a long time. But if you ask me, like, name some matches, I don't know. I could probably say Pat Patterson versus Pepper Gomez and be probably spot on. Mm-hmm. But that's all I'm gonna, you know, that's all I can do. Well, you have two you can do. You can say Chris Jericho, Eddie Guerrero, 1997 Super Brawl. And you could also say Eddie Guerrero, Brock Lesnar, 2004. Oh, uh, uh, Roddy Piper versus Hogan. Uh, Roddy Piper pretty much lived at the Cow Palace. <laughs> he fucking lived at the Alcatraz going into that match. Yeah. Just do a oh, by the way, they showed a, a, a little clip of Alcatraz. They're like, oh, I wonder if Goldberg's going to go there. <laughs> Okay, I that, that was really. Cool. I think it's really funny because like now nowadays for WWE when they're in, when they were traveling when they were in the town you get like these over like aerial views of the city like beautiful and even when they were in San Francisco you got like the bridge like mm-hmm, a helicopter mm-hmm. flying across you know yeah, yeah yeah this time was like they were just like at some park they were like fuck all right okay it's it's foggy okay there's no, there, there's yeah. that building it looks like a triangle looks like a star there it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, Tori got there on a Friday and she wanted to go sightseeing. So they slapped the camera on her and said, here, just take, take a couple pictures of the bay. And, and another thing, too, this is before camera phones. So, like, you can easily see some woman in the front row, like, click. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Click. <laughs> Using the that, disposable that, camera. That movement Corey's doing with his thumb, that's like winding and moving the film on yeah. the camera for those it, of you. It, young, yeah, if you guys don't remember disposable cameras, like I it totally hit me too. Like leaving that paper, like watching this pay-per-view, I was like, fuck, I remember like you would go do remember like say like your friends like, hey dude, you want to go to the beach? Or you want to go camping? You're like, yeah. You go to Safeway, you're like, let me get some wieners, let me get some uh, bun, some ketchup. You know what? I'm gonna grab this disposable camera too. It's only a dollar fifty. It's only what the you know, like what's the memories, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's memories. And then you it would just sit in your fucking shelf for like five months. You take two pictures and forget about it, and then yeah. Or you take it would have like twenty pictures and you would take like thirteen and then you just like have all these like photos of of like a summer and all of a sudden like <laughs> seven pictures of just like your house. Like here's my cat, <laughs> here's this, here's that. I just need to fucking turn it in. <laughs> And here's the dent in my car. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, All right. Well, that about does it here for us. Have a wonderful day, and we'll see you guys later. Uh, Goodbye.